You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Good afternoon. Welcome back and thank you for tuning in to 15 Minutes of Flame, where we talk and talk about sex, cannabis, and other things in between. Um, I am Dr. V. Helene. I realized last time I forgot who I was. I forgot to say my name, but I am me. Here I am. And with me today, I have two guests. One, a returning guest, my friend, my brother man, a man of many talents. He is an award-winning Detroit-based visual artist and interpreter who's been telling stories through photography. And he has recently taken up the craft of sound meditation to add to his monthly yoga events. And he has recently established the Sankofa Mind and Body Organization. I'd like to welcome again my homeboy, Tafari K. Stevenson. Hey, Dr. V. I'm very excited to be here. All righty. And we have the owner of Southwest Atlanta Yoga. She is a shaman and Reiki master. She has a background in health information management with a focus on oncology informatics, and she is an Army veteran. I would like to welcome Tore Akila. Hi. Mm -hmm. Hi. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. I welcome both of you, and and thank you for coming on the show today. So you all know I like to... Yes. So you all know I like to start with cannabis news we can use and the biggest thing happening uh actually this week coming up is the national expungement week okay this is the actual uh second year that we've had uh the national expungement week and basically this is when people can get their record records for minor marijuana offenses uh wiped out. And so there's many uh, events around the country in uh, major cities, especially those cities that have legal or uh, medical marijuana laws. Um, So if you are interested, uh, there is a website and organization. It's called um, Off the Record. um, And their website is www.offtherecord.us. And they have all of the events listed and in the different cities where you can go uh, to get help with getting your record expunged. Now, there's a particular person that I do follow, um, and uh, she's based in Michigan. Her name is Margot Bruner, and uh, she really had some good information on her page. So for those of you, I'm in Detroit, Michigan most of the time. Uh, so for those of you in Detroit, uh, they are having an event at the Detroit Recovery Project at 1145 West Grand Boulevard on next Saturday, September 21st from 12 to 3 p.m. So go get that record straight, okay? Get that record expunged um, because we know we need some representation for people of color in the cannabis industry. And uh, we do know it's hard to get any kind of business done if you have a record. So... Very true. You know, I I do know there's some local Detroit organizations that also host uh, expungement fairs. Uh, One organization that I know that does that in Wayne County is Delta Sigma Theta, the Delta Sigma Theta um, organization. Uh, I believe it is their Inkster chapter. I believe they do an annual expungement fair. I Mm. actually was... um, 
talking to someone recently about their efforts in that community to try to get some of these um, low-level offenses off of records, traffic fines, uh, misdemeanors, minor misdemeanors, and things of like that. But now is really the time to try to get that done while, you know, everyone is looking at how can we reform the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is um, a good step, and people definitely should take advantage of it. Oh, absolutely. And um, I, I did find out some information for Atlanta since Torre is in the Atlanta area. If you have any listeners uh, down that way, um, at the IBEW local 613 at 501 Pulliam Street in Atlanta, Georgia, also on Saturday, September 21st. That's from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So, again, go get that record. Clear it up. Okay, let's get this business out here legit. All right. So the other thing that's happening, you know, um, the last time I was on, I was with some friends. We had went to the High Times Cannabis Cup. Uh, that was the first one in Detroit. And I guess it was so popular that two months later, OK, they're now having the High Times Cannabis Bazaar in Detroit. Um, and that's going to be again at the Russell Industrial Center on October 12th and 13th. So that's going to be pretty all the way live. I mean, they're going to have more performers because last time they had Wu Tang and Two Chains and it was a fun event. Mm. And I was out there when they was giving those dollars away. They had like the fan of dollar bills and I was able to like grab up my lucky dollars. <laughs> you know, I, it's just funny, you know, now that it's in Detroit, now that we have uh, recreational marijuana. It was previously held about an hour outside of Detroit in right. Clio, Michigan. So when you went to that event, it was not very diverse um, in terms of um, the attendees. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, I thought it was a fun event r- regardless. Yeah. Um, I really had a good time going up there. It was always a road trip. It was like, ooh, let's pack a lunch. Let's stop exactly, at yeah. Holiday Market and get some snacks. And But then when they announced it was going to be in Detroit, for me, I'm like, oh, it's going to be too many people. Um, it's going to be too much. It's going to get shut down. Uh, but obviously that was not the case. It's on and popping. So what's the big difference between the Cannabis Cup and this uh, the Cannabis Bazaar? You know, that's a good question. I don't know yet. You know, I can only imagine that since it may be colder, it's going to be indoors. Mm. Um, I do know they're going to have more vendors, uh, I believe a variety of vendors. And, you know, shout out to House of Dank because I think they're sponsoring it. And they are my favorite dispensary to get Sunshine Number 4 from. Oh, wow. So, um, oh, but okay, but let's be <laughs> honest. Um, you know, I have a medical marijuana license. I use it quite often, and I also have some of my favorite dispensaries. But I'm also um, a price hound, so I'm always looking for who has the best specials on the day, who has the best product, who has the best product mix, and also who has good service. And when I think Mm -hmm. about all of those things, and I consider the Cannabis Cup, uh, the Cannabis Cup is great in name because it's like, oh, we're at the Cannabis Cup and, you know, there are these acts. However, I really believe that for people who really do consume cannabis from, for medicinal purposes, um, going to the Cannabis Cup is, is it's really just a show place. Like you're it not, is. you're, you're going to get, you know, in a lot of cases, some inflated prices. Mm-hmm, for and sure. Not as much product, um, that you would get as you would get at a dispensary. So like if you're looking for fun, a good time, you just want a kiki. 
the cannabis cup, I think, is for you. But if you're looking for like good deals, uh, innovative things, um, you're not necessarily going to find that there. Right. I mean, I, w- I was saying the same thing in, in you know, my last recording um, because I was thinking that, you know, the, 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 the prices were inflated at the festival and the variety is, is not the same. Like you go into a dispensary, you have like 15 different varieties on each shelf level. You know what I mean? Depending on the dispensary you go to. Um, but yeah, but it's, I guess the feel of you're able to go to a festival and enjoy what you do is the lifestyle is the culture. Yes, you know what I'm yes. saying? Cannabis so community. it's Hashtag. the cannabis community. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, nobody has to worry about, Oh my God, you know, people are going to be stir- disturbed by, by smoke or, you know, where can we smoke and have to, you know, watch out for security. You know, it's, I never ask those questions. A lot of people don't. True. You know, some people have a... I, I never ask. I, I don't pull out my joint and be like, oh my God, who's around? I don't care. I'm just going to light that bitch and I'm going <laughs> to take a hit and right. let it go. Pretty much. I mean, look, when we were in Atlanta actually not too long ago. And, you know, it's not like they have friendly marijuana laws there but they we don't. totally weren't worried about it and it's in georgia i'm like <laughs> oh my god people are doing life for smoking a joint i mean that's a little far-fetched but right. but it's not very far from the truth right right and here we are just you know at the park or at a party blazing up like it's nothing mm-hmm. and that to me when i think about the social impact of marijuana and the social usage of it it's really like tobacco <laughs> And I'm not talking even about cigarettes, but just tobacco as, you know, smoking in the pipe. I mean, I was in Brazil and we were smoking sacred tobacco with, with Native people. And mm-hmm. it was just a different community, mm-hmm. uh, a community experience. Um, and then when you think about the socialization of marijuana, you know, you pull a joint out and you got 10 friends. <laughs> It's you very pull a social. cigarette out, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to hit. Like, exactly. I hit that. Unless, they like, ooh. Unless mm-hmm. it's like that one friend, like your one broke friend who doesn't have <laughs> cigarettes but wants to take a hit off of your shit. But you pull a joint out, no one gives a fuck who you are, where you mm-hmm. came from, who you with. Hey, can I join that circle? Can and I, you can have I a join conversation. Yeah. So there's a social aspect Absolutely. Of it. So, uh, but you know, stoners find stoners and it is what it is. I know. Somehow we do find each other. Know. You know, it's not hard. We just gravitate, which is going to lead into what we're talking about in a few minutes, how people just, you know, gravitate towards spirit and energy. But let me just tell you, you mentioned bud tenders really quick. So um, a good bud tender goes a long way because this weekend I thought I was getting like sativa dominant, uh, you know, strains. And I asked my bud tender, you know, I told her that's what I wanted, and, you know, I said, well, let me smell these two, and she assured me that they were sativa. Man, I have not passed out and stooped out (laughs) after smoking in a while, and I I didn't even smoke the whole thing. I was like, whoa. It it, it had to be indica. Then I found out, yeah, Obama cookies is indica. Obama cookies is definitely (laughs) And let me tell you, uh, when Obama won the second election, I went to a dispensary in Ann Arbor, Michigan, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a a hub for cannabis activity and has been in cannabis activism since the 70s when John Sinclair Mm -hmm. 
I um, I think I, I made a purchase, and they're like, oh, you make a purchase, and then you get, like, a free gram of Obama cookies. And at first, I was <laughs> like, Obama cookies, like, do we really have to have a medical, or do we really have to have a marijuana strain after the first black president? Like, I'm like, is this re- disrespectful or whatever? I understand, but, right. But low-key, I, I, I took that, that gift, that love offering mm-hmm. of Obama cookies, and I saved it. Until there was like some event going on, and I had a party or something, and I I say, hey guys, I got some Obama cookies, and people got fucking excited, and we got lit. <laughs> and next thing I know, it was like hours later, and I wonder what happened. I can imagine, yes. Everybody, a lot of people are saying that marijuana today is not the marijuana of even the 90s or the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely know it's not the marijuana of the 70s. Not that I smoked marijuana because I was born in the 70s. Well, first of all, they tested. Yeah. Well, now it's tested. You know, they're looking at THC levels mm-hmm. and, you know, parabens and all of those things. Yeah. But I, I do really think that it's important to, like, when it comes to a butt tender, um, like the dispenser that I go to, I really don't like seeing everybody because I'm like, you know, I don't think that they know enough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this, you know, they just like, oh, it's this sativa, oh, it's this. They really don't know, and they probably don't yeah. even care. You and know that's, what I mean, right? That's right. why it's important to go to a good dispensary that actually has customer service at the forefront. Mm-hmm. But that's also why I think some colleges are now interested in all aspects, all aspects of the cannabis industry now because you're going to need people on all levels to be knowledgeable. It's not just a cool thing to know, oh, the strain gets me this way. You really want people to understand how it affects the body, how it affects certain medical conditions and things like that. And, you know, so it, it, it's becoming a, a real STEM field. Mm-hmm. You know? I'll tell you, um, you know, not to put too much personal business out here in these streets, but whatever we um, enjoyed uh-huh. earlier today, um, was a very intense hybrid. It was a beautiful hybrid. And I think with something like that, um, I, I, you know, I wasn't in a mood for, excuse me, I wasn't in the, in the mood for Indica per se. You know, today is like a good hybrid or a sativa situation. Um, but although I really did enjoy that Indica, I'm like, if I was someone who was experiencing issues with uh, insomnia, mm-hmm. Uh, or digestive, not digestive, but um, um, eating issues, uh, appetite issues, or someone who was dealing with anxiousness, like whatever we smoked today, mm-hmm. it would have been perfect. Because mm-hmm, right now, mm-hmm. like my hunger level is like mm-hmm. on 15, and I had a really nice brush today. Uh, so I'm like trying to say, look, you yeah. do not need to eat again. You do not need chips. Yeah. <laughs> you do not need these things. Um, so I think knowing... Going to a good dispensary, knowing a good butt tender, or even if you're buying your weed from from your homeboy on the street, what mm-hmm. is what is he bringing? Exactly. What Absolutely. is he bringing? Because I think even when we think about our street farmer, uh, our street farmer sales, you mm-hmm. know, previously it wasn't about customer service, but now it's like you know we it all is. have options. Absolutely. Like I don't have to get my marijuana mm-hmm. from from my friend's cousin. You know, I can exactly. I can go to someone who's actually growing in their backyard and they're using uh, hydroponic systems mm-hmm. and they're using, you know, natural fertilizers. So I don't have to get my, my weed, you know, in my hood. Right. Um, if I do, great, but tell me what I'm getting. Right. People are more interested in the quality, that's for sure. Exactly. It's really about the quality. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's, I, I think it's about the quality um, if you care about what you're smoking. Some people, I, I, think they're, they're, I think they're levels of smokers. I think they're people who like to, you know, just be gone. Uh, they're, right, they're people yeah. who like to feel good. And then there are people who are, like, really trying to address issues. 
So, you know, for, and then, you know, and then you had to think about the social economic, the whole social economic mm-hmm. of it. You know, not everybody's going to pay $10 a gram. Um, right. or, you know, 20 or, or 20, 30, yeah, I was about or, to say, yeah, like, if you're trying to get some of this, this, these good, these good strains, but at the end of the day, we got these good strains and it's $30 a gram. But at the end of the day, what are you doing? You hype as fuck or you down as fuck. <laughs> and you can get all of that. With some, with some cheap, you can do all of that with some cheap weed. Right. You can smoke more or less of it. <laughs> exactly. Shit. You know, hey, I didn't mean to that's, cuss. No, that's, that's a good, hey. Yes, I did. Hey, this is a free speech podcast and okay. it's okay. All right. All righty. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Ashe. So let, let's get into <clears throat> the 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 high vibrations piece uh, today. So you know, today my guests both practice. Um, their practices involve physical presence, but it focuses on alignment of our mind and body, our energy centers. Now, of course, this can affect how we function, how we heal, how we attract what we desire in life. And um, I've actually had some interesting conversation with both of you on how uh, your work helps people explore and discover their sexualities and uh, sexual energy processes. Um, And not only that, you have a lot of people who are looking more to completive and meditative practices to help them deal with uh, health or alignment issues. For example, you even have um, holistic uh, health centers that help women with fertility who are looking to do like acupressure or acupuncture to help them with fertility issues or even looking towards organizations and businesses like schools even that are now integrating meditative practices to reduce stress and to, you know, enhance creativity and productivity um, in their organizations. So with that, tell us how each of you got into your practices uh, and what are your goals overall when you um, focus your work with your clients? Ladies I guess first. we can. Okay, Torrey. Yes, I I feel like we we've, we've been mm-hmm. talking so much. So yes, Torrey, we can start with you. Oh, oh no, y'all fine. Y'all are fine. We don't have dispensaries <laughs> in Georgia yet. So okay. it's usually dealing with the it's usually dealing with the street pharmaceuticals. So okay. I guess the only thing I can say about that is I I like to go with the uh, those that are usually educated and have jobs so they usually get like the best strand to actually focus on versus like mm-hmm. someone that's just sitting at home all day that's the only right. thing that i can say about uh consumption here in atlanta just who, who is the person what are they really doing and are they moving and shaking good i'll smoke it otherwise i don't want it i right. hear that because so, this level's uh, too <laughs> you know your friend with the phd in the house you know a bughead with uh this and that they're not smoking you know that that twenty dollar eighth right because they can't trust it right right yeah yeah so so anyway to get back to where we are now um how did i get into my work mm, quite interesting so um i've been doing yoga for uh really started in 2004 and i started to uh pursue teacher training back in 2016 but during that time, um, I had a lot of time at home to just sit there and do like a lot of the meditation and the breath work. And some way, somehow, certain things just started to occur within my physical body to then have me understand like all of this energy just started shooting out of me. 
Um, and then at some point, someone mentioned to me about, oh, energy work and Reiki, and, which I'd never heard of. Um, so that's how I got into it. I fell, I fell into the awakening of it. Um, and so from that point, I just went down a deep uh, spiritual study and things of that nature to get to where I'm um, comfortably taking uh, clients to uh, help them with their energetic um, misalignments to have now aligned and more fully functioning in their uh, day-to-day, and I would say with their spiritual journey or awakening or their personal inner work, um, some of these things do require this level of um, energetic work. Mm-hmm. And I would definitely say if someone is um, in counseling, I think that's a great thing, but I also think that this level of work actually allows some of these blocks to start moving so that way the um, information that the counselor is giving the um, patient, they actually have the space to start accommodating some of these changes and shifts more easily than trying to find methods and means to release these blocks because a lot of times when people have well, they don't even know that they are blocked. And so mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol then becomes a thing to suppress and not to feel. And it's important that we are feeling, <laughs> you right. know, and right. um, that, that's how I pretty much fell into the work was really through my own personal healing. Did I even discover I was even broken, let alone that I have the capacity to aid and assist others um, once I get myself Okay. You know, I can, everything that you just said, like, is like my story. Um, I came to my work um, after, uh, and I'm just going to get really personal. And I've, I've talked about this before in various, um, various groups, but a, a little over two years ago, I had a complete mental breakdown, um, anxiety related, due to stress and a toxic relationship um, at work um, (coughs) via my boss, um, which led me to um, being off work for six months recovering. And during that recovery, that emotional recovery, um, that mental recovery, I deepened my practice in yoga to, um, to the point where I was like, you know, always in classes and always, you know, practicing at home. And I found that it was like one of the best outlets for me to express myself, for me to channel negative energy, for me to be able to focus on breathing. And when Tere talked about people don't know their block, like I came into this, I came into deepening my yoga practice, knowing that I was blocked and looking for that to release tension um, in my body, in my mind, uh, in my being. And I was able to do that. Um, and then once I felt like I was at a point where those blockages were removed and or decreased, um, I quit that job. Um, and now I'm working for myself, which became another part of therapy. And with that said, I found myself in Brazil um, over uh, the uh, this winter. And I had heard of sound bathing before. 
I have a friend of mine. She loves sound bathing. Uh, she's out in Seattle, and she just talks about it all the time. But I had my first experience uh, with sound bathing and sound meditation uh, in the rainforest in Brazil with the Karari Shoko native people. And it was one of the most beautiful and transformative things that I've ever experienced. Um, the, the vibrations, the, the wave of energy that I felt rushing across me as these, uh, sound healers were doing their work. It, it was just, um, it was, it, it didn't feel like it was from this earth because I had never felt that in my body. I never felt my mm-hmm. body reacting to sound like that, you mm-hmm. know, outside of being like in a dance floor type situation, this mm-hmm. was totally different. Mm-hmm. And after I experienced that, that sensation, those moments, I said, I have to bring this back to Detroit. I have to bring it back to Detroit. Mm-hmm. So at that point I started studying, mm-hmm. I started practicing, I started collecting my own sound bowls and instruments. And I started sharing these experiences with my friends, friends and family, people from my community. Um, you know, f- you know, starting late spring to this point now where I'm actually starting my own uh, sound healing practice. Um, I, yesterday mm-hmm. I ha- hosted my inaugural event at one of the best museums um, in Detroit, one mm-hmm. of the best galleries, rather, um, in Detroit. I held a yoga and sound bathing event at awesome. the Inamdi Center for Contemporary mm-hmm. Art in a heart of Detroit, mm, like right. literally in the heart of Detroit. And I had about 18 people who came to join us. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I am cannabis friendly, we had some wonderful cannabis cuisine uh, that was available um, at this event. And for me, what, what, what this event um, and this, this movement in my career means to me is that there's validation in the fact that people need this. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. I'm not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting rich off of this. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't pay my mortgage off of this. Uh, at this point, keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. Because I know people um, come to me or I know people have um, various challenges um, because of the relationship that I have with them. You know, people are very open. And for me to have a practice where someone feels safe enough and, feel vu- and feels vulnerable enough and yet open enough to trust me um, to work with and through their energy, it mm-hmm. really means a lot to me. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's it's really an honor mm-hmm. for if you were coming to me saying, hey, you mm-hmm. know what? I'm suffering here, uh, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. And for you to share that with me and then allow me to work to help remove that mm-hmm. is very significant. It's re- You're giving me a gift mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. your presence and your time. Mm-hmm. I'm not giving yeah. you I'm, – I'm giving you what you want. Right. Uh, and then everything you're giving me by being in that moment is my gift. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because I, I was thinking when when I decided to do this topic and interview both of you, I said, you know, what I really appreciate is the fact that I'm seeing more African-Americans get into this area of care. You know, self-care is sort of a moniker at this point is, you know. Is something that is commercialized, but it's something that's very necessary. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, even you, even though you can market it, it's something that's very true. We need self-care. We live in a very stressful society where a lot of people have a lot of demands, and especially as African-Americans on top of the other demands of life, being a person of color and having to feel like you got to do something twice as much or better than other people, we need certain type of outlets because 
we are spiritual people. Mm-hmm. You know, people in this country who have ancestors, you know, back overseas across the Atlantic, some of us aren't connected to those practices. And so getting back into practices that might align us in our spirituality and things like that are, are very necessary. And I just appreciate seeing more of us getting to it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and this is also letting people know that you all are out here doing this work. Right. You know, there are people um, out here that are doing the work. Um, so I, I wanted to go back to uh, the event you had yesterday. You mentioned um, because you used several bowls, some that you brought here to share with us today. Um, but one you specifically used was the chakra, the sacral chakra mm-hmm. uh, bowl. And, you know, the sacral chakra is usually associated with like sensuality, creativity, Sound is so amazing, right? That's the bowl that I used yesterday during the sound bath when I went through um, the crowd, the audience, the practitioners. Um, I wanted to use this bowl very specifically. It's it's honestly one of my most powerful bowls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's handmade um, from Tibet. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, but this bowl. I mean, when we talk about the sensuality, um, some of the feedback I got yesterday after the session was very um, adult. Yeah. Uh, very adult. Um, these sound bowls are all tuned to very specific chakras, as you mentioned, from the root all the way through the crown. But yesterday, there was something in the air that I felt that needed to be um, addressed, sexual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a very sexual person. It just seemed like there was something going on in that space. Mm-hmm. So I walked around with intention for everyone, all, everyone who attended yesterday and um, played this over their body. And one of the overwhelming um, comments and feedback points that I got was, wow, something was going on below my belt. It was. Someone mentioned that they started <laughs> kegling mm-hmm. and they were doing it involuntarily. Mm. Um, and then there was other um, comments like that in terms of they were in one space in one moment and then in another space they were having thoughts that came out of nowhere that were that were of a sexual nature. I mean, I, I, I shared that with you at the the after party, you know, because I... Once you explained it after the session, it was like, oh, that could be why that happened. Because as we're going through the process, we're just relaxing, we're just going with the vibrations and trying to absorb them and erase all the clutter. But the goal is also to be in tune and be aware, Mm -hmm. you know. So I was aware that something happened. But afterwards, when you explained that you used the, the, the sacral chakra bowl, it was just like, wow, that is pretty... Amazing and ironic that that happened. You know, mm-hmm. you felt well at least. Well, you have. No, go ahead, Torre. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have. You also have. Um, in addition to the full moon that we're yes. cycling in, yes. we're also in the um, karmic nine portal. So there's that time where unhealthy habits and extreme behaviors and outdated beliefs. 
and fear-based thoughts and all that stuff is waiting to be removed right now. Mm. So again, with doing this work, it's important to be aware with um, what's going on in the cosmos because, of, again, a lot of people are holding these things and a lot of the people that do the energy work, we get, we get these feelings before they come and we're usually mm. like, what the heck's going on? Push this stuff out. And then everyone that then comes maybe two weeks later, they're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just one of those things right now. We're, we're in a major transformational um, shift, mm-hmm. you know, and then with it also closing out the year, we're in that really important time. So that's a good thing that you were able to um, pass that energy through. And also to the, the sacral chakra is that one that allows you to answer the question, who am I, yes. mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and the sacral chakra is really that thing that allows you to answer that question in the way that you interact with your reality. So some people that have like really uh, rigid upbringings and stuff, they aren't well-adjusted adults. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can hear the stories of their parents and their parents really aren't well-adjusted people. Mm-hmm. And some right. of those people are afraid to show up in the world and they don't know who they are. Mm. So um, those are those are also things that tie into that blockage in that um, in that particular chakra. Yeah. Yeah. You you, you mentioned in your practice to that sometimes you work with clients and and you try to help them by helping them build their loins or you you help mm. them to release the energy that's blocking them from expressing their either their sexual energy or identity like what what is that process like when you try to take them through helping them release that but also build up um let's see you know and i'm gonna speak on one particular example and this was like the greatest thing um there was this young man that started with me um just attractive as he could be young smart educated he's a young it professional and when I finally got to the point and placed my hands on him, I started to see this storyboard of him at the playground, protecting all of the little children or whatever. And the next thing you know, it turned into this pack of lions and all the lions started to come out in front of him. So I just said, so do you have a brother? And he was just like, yeah, I have a brother. And he tells me it was his twin brother. And I was just like, okay. Mm. And as I get, I get to his feet and just kind of like touched his foot. And next thing you know, like all of these nasty, moldy, old, sweaty gym socks like came off this young man's foot. And I was like, wow, this young person has stood so deep in his twin brother's shadow mm. that he's never even stood up on his own. His brother was an athlete and he's one of these young men that, that's, that's, that's really like one of these young men that are walking around to be the example of what a balanced man looks like now that we're no longer really breeding men to put on uniforms to fight and tear down the world mm-hmm. most of the young men i'm finding now don't even know how to just be a balanced individual without being some misogynistic prick um mm. they don't have an example of what that looks like and especially if their dads weren't in the home so when you touch you put their hand your hands on the lower parts of their body mm-hmm. it's like touching a I'd want to say it's like touching a 16-year-old kid. Mm. But it's a man trying to function, but they're not, e- they're not even built to hold themselves up. 
And this was the first person where I actually was like, I had read about doing the indications for DNA activation where you need to like wake up other parts of the body that may have been turned off from trauma Mm -hmm. and things of that nature or uh, misrepresentations of how they perceive certain events. Um, It's like he's a poet and all that other stuff and he's not supposed to be. And he's very, very soft, like very soft, very nervous. And, and so I just asked, I had to ask him, are, are you gay? No, 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 no. And it's like, okay, because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't figure out what, what is the issue. What mm-hmm. was the issue? But then on top of that, this man. Sorry. Like two Saray, I'm sorry. We lost you a bit. Hello? I think we might have lost her all the way. I'm looking at the thing. I think she's still here. Okay. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we lost you for a minute. So the the last thing I think we heard was you saying that, you know, um, that here he he seemed like he was a 16-year-old boy, even though he was a man. So working through his trauma, I think yeah. we were going into that. Yeah. So building, building his legs up to support him. He was the first person that I did a type of DNA activation to catch his lower half up with his top half. Um, and I would say within two weeks, he was a completely different person. Just to, like he stood up, I mean, he stood up like a man. <laughs> and, it, and it's one of those things is that like, it's at the soul level. It's at the cellular level where some of this trauma is really trapped. Mm. And so it, it's amazing to see these transformations occur. Um, and, you know, I had to do the same thing the other day with, um, and I'm blessed to even put my hands on ministers to help them heal. Mm. Um, one of my ministers, he's, he's a, he's a homosexual minister. He um, practices yoga. So he's been a, interesting space where he's a Christian, but he's very metaphysical, but he's not certain if he's supposed to be doing this thing. Mm. Um, but the same thing, I had to turn his legs on for him to even stand in his truth, mm. you know, and he's at his job, like creating a path and doing his own thing to not have to do ordination. Um, but being able to be in a place where he can be more of a counselor, as opposed to someone that's going to have to live in a rigid space in life if he's ordained. So a lot of the times it's about allowing the people to have the confidence that they need to one breathe and just go without feeling um, blocked or that you just can't, or that you're not supposed to, because we weren't designed to come here to suffer. Right. And that's the one thing that I had to understand about myself. I spent a lot of my life suffering. Mm. And uh, once I realized that that that's a, that's a lie. And then it felt so good to not believe that and be in a space where you know then that suffering is a choice and Mm -hmm. we were not designed to suffer. And so it's just easier to stay in a more healthier space, a more healthier state of mind. And then just being an example of that and the people that want your services come to you. And then you just find a lot of times people are really just suffering from the same stuff, family trauma, Mm -hmm. religious um, society wanting you to put on a mask and not deal with your trauma. And, you know, it, it's usually, and I, and I like to tell people, fortunately, I don't get to see a lot of stuff unless I'm supposed to see it. So I don't really get into your personal 
business like that. Some people get that like ego twist because they can see everything and they want to paint a personal story about certain things. I just want to remove the block so you can be free. Right. And then once we remove the first block, I usually have people come in and do about two sessions with me. Um, and then that fourth session, they're then holding the vibration on their own. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, people off of anti-anxiety medicine, people that are on Crohn's medicines that aren't taken like their antibacterial medication, people coming off um, uh, using less insulin that are insulin dependent. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's amazing that this level of work can help with so many things in the body, but it's just good to have a balanced body and someone that is um, capable and willing to help someone do this work. It, it's like um, Safari said, it's an honor to do it. Um, but in my, I'm not gaining anything from this, but I have to stay sure to do it. And I think that's the more interesting part. Like the cleaner I am, the more, the more spiritual rank, I guess I'm getting, if you were to look at, I mean, you know, but yeah, it's it, it, it's a blessing to be able to help people with this. Interesting. I mean, because mm-hmm. before I spoke with you, I had never actually heard of like DNA activation. So, in other words, you're you're working at like the the very the ultimate core of people. You're getting deep into the cellular level of what people experience and trauma and things like that. So, for example, um, if I'm understanding this correctly, the way people can pass trauma down to generations through the cellular level, you know, even if a generation hadn't gone through something, they can experience the same traumas by way of, you know, families passing that trauma down through generations. And that's what you try to get to at the core of when you do the, the healings for DNA activation. Is that correct? Uh, pretty, pretty much, but I'll say not everyone needs, not everyone that I see gets the DNA activation. Okay. Um, but yes, I do use sound. I do use sound. That's like the first modality before I put my hands on Mm -hmm. to do hands on work. But I'm also really, big into like the practical application of the work that I do. So let's just say this. So you know how they say, look at the the ground to see your shadow. I'm one of those people that can stand in the, in the outside, look at the clouds and then put my body formation in the clouds. Mm. So I'm a real, I am a real bender of light. And I don't take it lightly when I say this. I've actually stopped somebody's heart and had to bring them back in this work. So this stuff is very serious. Wow. Very, very serious. Um, so I do, I do hard resets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't take the work lightly whatsoever. This is very serious stuff. And, you know, it's interesting now because they're allowing uh, Reiki practitioners in certain hospitals now in certain states. They're hiring uh, people that do this type of work into hospitals. So um, I think I think I saw on one show, uh, I think it's like the doctors or something on ABC, there's actually doing, the guy was actually doing like hands-on healing in the surgery in the operating room. Mm-hmm. So the medical community knows that this type of work is available um, and they know it has a lot of... Uh, value now mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, that the energy that's here on the planet is just completely different. And it's interesting that so far I mentioned that all of this started happening like two. So this you, you were saying 2016, is that when you were saying that this started happening for you to 2017. 2017. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 
there was like that big shift in 2012. Then this mm-hmm. is that next shift in 2016. So right now we're going back to the shift of the energy that was 2012, Ooh, just man, from all this yeah. cosmic stuff. Pause. So, yeah. so it's like the veil is very, the veil is very thin. A lot of people are having these awakenings. Spiritual energy is moving mm-hmm. faster. It's moving quicker. Yes. And so as long as your body is clear and you're in this thing, that's, that is the purpose of being here is to just be in this thing. And that thing really is harmony. And it all goes back to sound. Mm. It, it all goes back to sound. When you mentioned 2012. Um, sound. I'm sorry, Tere. I, I just had to stop because when you mentioned 2012 and, and, and shifts, 2012 was probably as an adult, like the worst year that I've had as an adult. As at, like in my life, honestly, it was very difficult um, from so many aspects from 12.01 a.m. January 1st, 2012 through December 31st, 11.59.59. It was a whole year. So what you just said, just I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> The cosmic energy 2012 has shifted. Had, shifted. I, I, you know what? Honestly, after 2012, like from an emotional standpoint, I didn't think that I was going to be able to go on. Like, like I was like, and my friends were like, how are you finding strength to keep doing this? And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I don't know how I survived 2012. Mm. But you're here. I am. And I look better. Okay. And I look better. Yeah, you got picked up now. So whatever you went through now was an accelerated course because it, it happened to me too in 2012. I, and if I'd I think we lost you again. Okay, we may only have a few minutes too. So, um, yeah, we, we, yeah, we lost you for a minute. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was just saying, like, now, Safar, you just went through, like, a crash course in it because you just didn't have the right person around you in 2012 to say, hey, there's this thing over here that you need to know about. And that's it. It just it came back in a bigger wave. So now we have to be available for um, really what I've come to understand about this. These young people that need to see us out living in this thing because they feel it, but they don't know what it is. And they just need us to give them that head nod to be like, yes, it's this. And they'll, and they'll, and they're fine. Right. That's, that's the one commonality that I have seen with They feel Okay. Yeah. We lost you again. Okay. (laughs) So, um, I, I want to ask you all this because we have about five minutes left before uh, we we go. So, you know, we've been talking about different practices, yoga. I mean, they even had tantric yoga, which encourages full sensual and sexual experiences and, you know, leveraging your access and desire. Um, these are things you can do with partners or by yourself to tap into sexual energy. And um, I wanted to ask you both um, your opinions. Do you think yogis have... Better sex. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let the fire. You know what? I'm I'm so I'm so out there, Doctor V. 
that I, it's weird for me to find a sexual partner because they're going to have to understand I'm, I'm liable to suck your soul out of you just from having sex with you. So I'll make people pass out. <laughs> well, woo. Well, you know, okay. my new thing, you know, this now that's is some good sex. Suck it out of here. <laughs> Shit. Here I am. Um, I have to say, honestly, uh, I have great sex, period. But that has come over the course of time. Now, I can honestly say, over the last two years since my yoga practice has kicked up, um, I I think that I'm a little uh, more exploratory of, um, in my sexual activity um, in terms of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my body has put me in a position to do different positions, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoy that. But when you talk about, you know, tantric, these days, I'm more stimulated with tantric touch mm-hmm. and tantric energy. Um, me and my lover, um, we engage in a lot of tantric touch, mm-hmm. which can be very orgasmic. Um, and also a very, a very emotional experience. So that's where I am in mm-hmm. my life. I'm like, how can we connect on a deeper level? Like I can definitely, um, do some physical things with you um, mm-hmm. that will give us um, pleasure. Hopefully, you know, you'll get pleasure for what I'm doing. I don't want to assume that I'm giving pleasure. Um, I'm offering myself and hopefully it's being received. But with that said, you know, how can we um, touch each other in a way that no one else can? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why I'm looking at how we at Sankofa Mind and Body can partner with a, a tantric expert to work with couples to mm-hmm. deepen their physical connections and then using sound healing as part of that. Because I think um, when we start to open up these chakras, that heart chakra, that throat chakra, the mm-hmm. sacral, the solar plexus, the root, um, and then expanding to the third eye and the crown, like everything follows. It's, right. it's, it's systematic. <clears throat> Sex mm-hmm. is systematic mm-hmm. and, and not really just mm-hmm. let me put it in you. Yeah, it's, it, it, it always starts with the brain, the mind anyway. And the funny thing is, you know, uh, I like to say as we get older, it's not about the mechanics of the oil in the lube. People want that spiritual, that, you know, mental, that metaphysical connection with their partner to, to make for a better orgasm, to make for a better experience. You might not even ejaculate, but the sexual experience is still great. Right. You know what I mean? Because you, you're having that connection. So it, it doesn't have to always be about the intercourse. It's about the everything about the course. Right. You know? Or, you know, really great outer course. Or great outer course. Absolutely. With that, we're going to do this outro. <laughs> and um, we only have a few <laughs> seconds left, so I definitely want both of you to promote your business and shout out your social media. How can people get in touch with you if they need your services or if they want more information about your practices? Uh, Tore, you could go first. Alright, so this is Trey. I'm the founder of Southwest Atlanta Yoga, Usually Reiki Master Shamanic. Um, my uh, social media, SWATL Yoga, that's my personal page. And uh, phone number, 404-494-6230. Thank you. 
All right. And Tafari? I am Tafari K. Stevenson Howard, sound meditation facilitator. My website is www.sankofamindandbody.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Sankofa Mind and Body. And I'm also on Facebook at Sankofa Mind and Body there. And you may, um, you've searched, you, you've, can put in sound, uh, sound, Sankofa sound mind and body or Sankofa mind plus body. All righty then. Thank you so much. I mean, it's always never enough time for these conversations. Yeah. But I want to thank everyone again for tuning in to 15 Minutes of Flame. And until next time, stay sex positive and elevated. <laughs>